Good morning, angels. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Good morning, angels. So I really wanted to talk about um, family trauma. I want to talk about family trauma because that's something that nobody really talks about. But on this journey that I'm on to get to the bottom of what it, what can we do to heal and love and unite for our success as a people, quote unquote. Now, I often talk about angels, et cetera, et cetera, but I know, and I'm sorry because I know I'll lose a large number of listeners, but I'm really not looking for like a number of listeners. I'm looking to change the world as we know it. And I would love for it to just catch on and be a better thing, but Michael Jackson, what year was he singing? We are the world, we are the people, et cetera, et cetera. You know, make it a better place. So let's start giving. Well, people started giving all right. Started giving people a lot of hell. <laughs> you know, started taking um, the innocence from children through the way that they were destroying their adults. So I want to talk about family trauma. And I know once that I talk about this, you know, I noticed that uh, I'm often finding these little clips that show up on Facebook that there's some pretty um, popular blogger, I guess, uh, doctor so-and-sos, etc., who think that they are telling black people how to live, etc. And the interesting thing is, is that we often listen to these weird people who have doctorates because I noticed that there's this guy named Boyce Watkins. He's like this clown, um, you know, speaker and for up for black people type person, I guess, on behalf of. Um, and so he recently named a new podcast Pillow Talk with himself and his wife. Doctors they put in the front of it. I just want people to really understand that I think education is very important. But I think that holding degrees, as important as they are to get your money and to get some sort of clout, they don't determine your intelligence. They don't determine what you ha can do for the people, for me, for who, your kids. That doesn't matter. Because trust me when I tell you, there are people with doctorates, masters, all types of degrees, and they just really aren't making, they're not making a difference. And they're, they're destroying people. But there are people with no degree who are, you know, no degree, no doctorate at all. You know, they don't even have a GED. But they're changing communities and their families. They grew up some great kids. They put through doctorates. You know, they have kids that came out with their degrees, but they now also have a certain knowledge of how to give back. Because I think that it does take a certain intelligence to recognize the importance of giving back. Because if we take it to a whole nother level of thought, it's like, are people, like, once you get to a certain level on our planet, are you unable to give back? Like, you're not allowed? Like, you can only do it a certain way so that you can write it off in taxes? You know? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand how people tick. So... 
trying to get back on track with the fact that um, I'm on this journey. I'm trying to understand, like, what is what is making these people so horrible? Like, I mean, because we think, okay, it's poverty. You know, it's poverty. It's, um, you know, violence. It's living in these bad neighborhoods. That's what makes them savage. When, in fact, we move into a job and we start working with kids of people from quote unquote money and quote unquote upper middle class families. And these people's children are savages. They steal, they hurt people. They, you know, calculate on how to hurt people. You know, they are just horrible creatures. And so now we beg the question, is it, it's not poverty. It's not, you know what I mean? But then, you know, of course, a lot of these people did come from, quote unquote, poverty. But at the same time, they were able to, quote unquote, go get a degree. That would, quote unquote, get them a job. And now they can have the money in the bank to live in the way that they always hoped. But the one thing they are not thinking about is helping people who need help. Because you got yours, they've got to get theirs. But one of the things that I feel is a gym for me and people like me, coming from where I came from, but coming from educated, you know, a grandma who really just loved opulence, and but yet a system of wickedness, marrying the wrong person, which could have actually been sent forth. He was a military man. Sent forth as my friend yesterday called it a agent working be on behalf of the adversary, right? A Judas planted, and so with that type of thing occurring, now the family structure is broken down because we, if they came from poverty, that means they endured some things, they made it through, they were able to study hard and finish those tests and you know, do what they were supposed to do so they can get their degree and go forth and get their money. And so there's a lot of stress involved. So that could be why people feel like, well, I got mine, you know, get yours. You know what I mean? And so with that said, a lot of times people oftentimes have situations where they have to, you know, fight through the mental things that they went to through when they were younger before they were able to up to the better. And then the system that is still watching them will send forth one of their own relatives that knows their deepest, darkest secrets. That is like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I love you. I miss you. Remember when? Let's get together. And little do you know that that spirit is an agent spirit. That isn't just here to like unlock your doors at night to let the people in or things like that. But instead, they're here to send thoughts, spiritual will, you know, bring drama, just bring forth something that is what we all need. They bring forth the thing that disrupts it. Peace. We need peace to listen, to hear, to pull ourselves together, to pull our energies together and prepare to move forward. So family trauma is when you have a family that you love very much. And it may be in your immediate family, mom, dad, brother, sister, or it could be grandparents, you know, um, paternal, maternal, cousins, maternal, paternal, um, 
you know, people who just have access to you in a way that is family, where people say to you, oh, we have to, we can't do that, it's our family. And so now they have access to you. And so they have their home that they go back to, you know, when you have that type of dynamic. They have their home that they go back to as they're little. And, you know, they talk about stuff like aunties leave their sister's home. And in the car, they have conversations that the kids are listening to. And once they get home and they're relaxed and, you know, they are now also having conversations about the sister, which is your cousin's, you know, people. And... And now there's like a, um, a secret thing that kids know about you or that they've been t- hearing the adults talk about. And so kids will say or do, or it could be more than that. It could be a trauma of like, you know, you have a situation where you, your sibling was spoiled in your eyes or they always liked attention. You were totally in the middle, so you had to really strive and work hard for it. But this child, they there was something special about them. Even though they were brown, their hair was crazy, they didn't have what, what, what. They were skinny, or they were fat, or they were whatever. But there was just something special about them. And it irked the shit out of you. And so because you were impacted by your older siblings or your aunties or your people that had their impact on you, now you trickle down the trauma impact onto your younger sibling. And sometimes it's just that simple like that, where it's just a little thing that was that trickles down. And so it could be like something as simple as, for me, where my cousins were like, ooh, when we all used to compare ourselves, I guess. And we would be looking at our feet in the summertime, you know. And they go, oh, you can't wear sandals because you got all those veins in your feet. Mm-mm, see? And their feet didn't have veins. They were, like, very supple, very fluffy. But mine were very lean. And you could see all the veins and tendons in my feet. And they used to be like, you can't wear sandals. And I trusted them. I loved them. I thought highly of them. They had great feet. And so I didn't wear sandals until I was about 33 years old. It was the first time I ever put my feet in sandals. I would wear mules. I would wear like shoes that had like those little openings a little bit on the sides. Like, you know, they went through a phase in the eighties where they had these like sandals that were like kind of like moccasin-y where you can see through like the material had like twined material at the, on the, each sides and the top that like had a seam down the middle, but in the toes, they were solid <laughs> because I was ashamed of my feet. And I didn't even think daily about my feet. I didn't look at them going, oh, my feet. I never did that. I still rubbed them. But you know what? I only put moisture on them because I didn't want to be ashy. But I wasn't really into feet. I don't even really like feet, you know? And so, you know, the crazy thing is, is that, uh, you know, we have to make sure we pay attention to things that we're saying. We have to make sure that we pay attention to, you know, what we're saying to each other as kids or what we as adults like, you know, are saying so that we don't give anybody any type of physical issues. And then we have other things like, you know, sexual abuse. Yep. The elephant in the room where people don't want to talk about it because it's so normal. That shit ain't normal. You know, experimenting if you've been molested or somebody older than you has been molested or they've experienced watching things they're not supposed to being exposed to, that's a form of molestation. It's like mental molestation. 
you know? And so if you have experienced that, that was going to happen. A phone call came through and uh, it put me in a position. It hangs up. So anyway, it's going to come through again. So we're going to get disconnected again. and It'll be part three because this is part two. So anyway, um, in family trauma, you can have like some sort of emotional abuse as well. Like we already know that sexual abuse is wrong because no child should be introduced to sex early. It takes away their innocence, and, and innocence is super important. And there were a lot of kids like myself and my cousins that really fought for like just being a child and enjoying our childhood run and playing and stuff like that. But then when we, you know, there was an energy when you would meet somebody who was attractive, like it was a past life experience most likely or something, and as a child you'd be vibrating with them, or maybe you're feeling their vibe, I don't know. But there's like a vibration, and now you're aware what happens between boys and girls, what they have in their pants, what can lift up, what can look good, what can be sexy, what can be white, blah, 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 right? And so now you get a situation where kids are aware of things, and I just think it's wrong, and I don't like it. I love knowing and watching the way my kids grew up in them not being um, sexual kids. Like, you know, we were like the naked house, too. Like, we just, like, we walked through, like, you know, holding our private parts, walking through the house, and nobody would be like, oh, you're naked. Nobody would do that because, you know, we all, you know, understood. I mean, we, our children were raised in a way that the body was, uh, we're, it was a body. <laughs> it's what we have. We all have a body, you know? And so, um, you know, the private parts that we don't all equally share, like a vagina and a penis and boobies, we, I mean, some men have boobies, but whatever. Um, we would not, you know, we would cover that. But otherwise, we try to get to the room. You know, we learned as they start to get older that it would be more appropriate to just simply have robes. So we got everybody robes if we all have robes. But nonetheless, um, so, you know, incest is a problem. You should try to protect your kids from it. You know, you don't have to make it ugly and vicious because sometimes it is just experimentation. But sometimes it is worse than that when it's an older sibling because it might most likely is a sign that they've been introduced by somebody older than them and in some sort of traumatic way, especially if they can't stop when you ask, tell them that it's wrong, etc., and they keep doing it. So this is, show is about family trauma. We're in part two. Part one is, you know, just discussing what, you know, the idea of family trauma and going into some things in regards to it. But um, this part, because a call came in, which will happen again, which could happen in my podcast because I'm in the car and I'm on my phone. So, um, you know, in part, this part, I'm trying to talk to you about um, some of the examples of what can cause, quote unquote, family trauma. So... Before I go into more things that can cause family trauma, I want to talk about why it is extremely imperative that we understand um, how family trauma can impact us in the future as adults, as middle schoolers, as elementary school children, in daycare, um, you know, it can impact us, family trauma. Because what happens is some of us, like myself, might keep our children in a box, so to speak, from the, um, you know, the impacts of negative trauma, family members to protect them from family trauma. But some of us, unlike myself, the only thing my children did not get and suffered from is just not having them. But they got to know about the ones that I loved. And if they met them, they, my family doesn't know that they would know them when they see them because I showed them pictures. I told them how I loved them so much and what I loved about them. But unfortunately, the ones that they didn't get to see that I loved that much, they married somebody or was in a serious relationship with somebody that was capable of impacting my child. Sexually, mentally, 
physically, and that was just not going to damn happen. So unfortunately, I had to let go of like whole family members because I had to protect my children. And there's no other way because, let me just be clear, if there is a predator in your family, a child predator, predator in your life, in your family, community, etc., they are hell-bent on getting their hands on a child. They will try everything, even come through the window. You understand? Like, they don't care about you. Oh, well, they love me. He would do that. Yes, the fuck they would because they're sick. They don't mean it. I mean, when they're doing it, they mean it. But they they can't help themselves. They are completely broken. And 10 to 1, they have been impacted themselves. So I have a nephew, you know, who who has a problem or exhibited signs of a problem with children. And I'm talking about toddlers. And so I've seen adults. I've seen adults that have had a problem with toddlers and small children. That's the sickest, weirdest thing. I mean, we see it on TV all the time, but to know somebody, you have to, that's a special kind of evil we think to ourselves, right? But what about when they're a teenager? They're evil, right? But no, yes, they're evil for hurting children, but the sad part is they've been hurt themselves. They've been hurt themselves, and it was such a regular occurrence that they're, they go into that place. And he even had, like, his eyes were glass, become so red and glassed over. My brother, you know, unfortunately, God rest his soul, he had a problem, you know, with people, you know, in general, like, it didn't matter the age. And so... He was, we all know what happened. Terrible things happened. Terrible. I saw, you know, with my own eyes. So family trauma. And it was a family member from one, just probably one of many who harmed my brother. And and still was coming around. You know, like, I saw this when I was probably like around, I don't know, seven. And he was coming around when I came to visit at like 21. So... And bullied my brother. Like, <laughs> so anyway, family trauma is serious, and we need to get to the bottom of it. So I know that, like, Dr. Boyce and, you know, um, you know Joel Osteen and so many other uh, celebrities ha- listen to my podcast, and I'm very honored by that, um, or have come across it, you know, and, and spoke things from it. So I touched them, and that's a thing, right? So what I want to say is, is that the most important thing here in family trauma is that we have to make a conscious effort to not do that to our children, to our nieces and nephews, to our siblings. If we're older and we have younger siblings, don't traumatize them. Example, at work, I was talking about this on my podcast the other night about in reference to having children and just having so many that you can't freaking, you know, watch them all. You get tired. You hand them off to siblings. And so a little girl was telling me that she feels like she's annoying. You, she has such sadness in her eyes and she's so cute. But she's sad. She's got like nervous. She doesn't really listen. She's like, whatever. She doesn't care because people make her feel bad. So they, they do these tests with her, this brother older brother who obviously is responsible for her a lot, and he's older, like maybe 23, I think, he um, he does these tests, like he's supposed to take her somewhere. Like she asks him, can you please take me to do this? And he's like, okay, 
But in his head, he said, if you act, if you don't do anything or if you don't do this, fine, I'll take you. But she doesn't know. So she's like, yay. So she's just freak booping about, pop, pop. And to her, she's annoying. I mean, to him, she's annoying. But to me, I'm thinking, is she like bothering something, grabbing something, knocking stuff over, leaving the house, doing things that are constantly, when stop it, that's different. But she's just existing and needing little child things. And they're not parents. They aren't equipped for this. And it's not their, um, you know, it's not their job. So, you know, so now this little girl is getting verbal abuse, mental abuse from her relative, her big brother, who she probably loves because he's gorgeous. You know, how can you not love your awesome brother, big, tall? And now she's going to have issues of some sort with something as a result of family trauma. So so that's what this is about. So I know that in a minute, somebody's going to gather their thoughts and do some research and find a way to get the statistics and create something and do a little something on family trauma. It's a thing. So my mom, when she was growing up, she has a lot of issues. And when she was growing up, like she has scars, like physical scars, terrible ones. And so she would be like when I was a kid, because remember, she was 16 when she had me. So once you get to a certain age as a child, that child and your parent becomes like a like this is a comrade and they chat differently with you. And so I remember her like with a feet and comparing were a big thing in my family for some reason. But I remember sitting with my mom and we're looking at feet and we're doing something. And she's she's a nasty gash like on her foot, like be, on the top of her foot, like between tendons. And it's very wide, maybe an inch around, just got gouged out like the way it would have been. And, and it's like, oh, how'd you get that? It's like, oh, you know, my sister, you know, I wouldn't move my foot. So my sister gashed me in the foot with a hammer or, you know, the other side of a hammer. But she hit her so hard that it took, like, she needed to go to the hospital and get like invasive surgery and stitches, etc. But she did not. <laughs> And so it healed in its way. But um, the point is, that scar is from my aunt who did that to her, you know. And so, and there's just other scars. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> wildly enough, the cousins that made me think my feet were too jacked up to wear sandals, I have, like, now that I'm getting for my. Good evening, angels. Part three. So, I believe when we were talking last, <laughs> when you were listening last, it was right before my girlie called back in again, and I was talking about the actions of um, a family's tr behavior that causes trauma, or that it has the capacity to cause trauma. So, as I was talking to my friend, you know, one of the things that um, made me decide to do the podcast on that topic was the fact that we both experience trauma from our relatives, you know, in our home. And one of the saddest parts is that they want to hurt us. They go out of their way to hurt us. And so she was telling me about how her birthday went. And that she, you know, that she had her birthday and we were trying to get there to, you know, spoil her and celebrate her birthday with her because after an experience with a friend of ours, a young man, a close friend of my daughter's, um, 
his mother, you know, his birthday came around and his mom didn't make arrangements to celebrate him. She was still in New Jersey with her boyfriend and he was in Maryland. And we were trying to make way to get him to the house to, you know, feed him, but we didn't have a car at the time. I don't believe, or something was going on with us, but we weren't able to grab him. But we were like, if you could get here, you know, we got cake and he don't like cake. We got pie, you know, because he likes pie for birthday, like Diddy. And so, you know, I was like, uh, you know, trying to get him home to our house. But anyway, when I was talking to his mom, his mom said something like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do it up big next year. You know, we'll do a big next year. And I was like, okay. And then her birthday came a couple of weeks after his. And I think like two days from her birthday, she was, her birthday was like on Friday or Thursday. And by Sunday, he was killed. He, you know, was walking home late and somebody robbed him and shot him and killed him and he died and so one of the things my daughter liked him a lot and he's a sweetheart but he was a couple years older than her and because of the way she was and the fact that his mom really loved my daughter and he just really thought she was awesome he his mom advised him to wait till she was um 17 to date I think he was now 19 and um but they had known each other since she was 14 and he was 16 but there was no type of weirdness you know she was different at the time baby and so he respected that and he really liked her a lot she was different than all the girls and so he too was different and so nonetheless you know there was a situation where um you know he was uh he was kind enough to do that and so I was just devastated at the thought because obviously it devastated my daughter but more so it was like um it was bad because I'll never ever take for granted somebody's birthday like their birthday is that day celebrate them let them know they're important to you because I often feel like when we don't do that it creates in the universe that you're not interested in keeping them and so I don't want to ever plan to, let's just do it big next year, and then next year never comes. So she had a birthday, and she set up her own little birthday situation. She had a place that she liked to kind of like, um, you know, retreat to on Sunday evenings when she just needed to feel like, you know, good and let her hair down and feel great, you know? And so it turns out that her birthday landed on a Sunday so she was able to say, you know, I want to go do it at this place. And I'd like to invite some of the people that I love to come share in this good time that I have at this place. And so um, she created a flyer or had her sister create a flyer. And it had her brother. It had herself, her niece, who are both Leos. And it's like Hill State Center or something like that. And then her brother was like, you know, um, I'm not invited. I guess they were going through something. And. She's like, of course, you know, because she's just a sweetheart like that. And so it was like, okay, so this is, you know, what package do you want? Because there's like this drink packages, platinum package, go package, whatever. And he wanted the top package. And so she was like, okay. And so now when it was time to pay up in advance, you know, she was telling the wife who was supposed to be taking care of it for his birthday, you know, I, you know, it's time to get the money to me. And then she just didn't send it. And so she's like, what's going on? So then when he, when it's time, you know, she's calling him, she's like, listen, because they're all there. The party started at nine. 
And so from nine to 11. So she was like, you know, come on, you know, you come in, like, I need your money, like just cash out some money so we can get some alcohol, you know, cause she was waiting for him to put his portion in. And he was like, um, I don't, I don't have it. She's like, what are you talking about? You don't have it, you know? And he's like, well, and she said, but you know, your wife, you know, she, she we were talking about it. She's going to take care of it. He's like, I don't know anything about that. And she's like, what? And so it's just like, what? And then, so he's like, well, I'm coming, I'm coming. So I'm bringing my money when I come, I'm bringing cash. And I was like, oh, okay. And so now they're waiting for him. The party started at nine, he goes until 11. And he doesn't come until 12 o'clock at night. And now it's his birthday. It's not even her birthday anymore. But what was saddened to her was that she, they, you know, Snapchat had a filter. And it's like, you know, it's your birthday. And um, and then so when her little goodies that were going to come out with the sparkling or whatever, the package drinks or whatever it was, it was going to be like, it's my birthday. Yay. But instead, he waited until her birthday was over. And now it's his birthday at 12 o'clock. So now he had this filter and she didn't. And, and you know what? No matter what might have happened before they ever decided to link up for him to come celebrate the birthdays with her. I mean, he stole her birthday experience, period because he didn't allow her to do what she came to do for her birthday. And, and, and this is the kind of mentality that a lot of relatives have and they just don't care. And it's just very sad because, you know, sometimes people really don't even care if you're going to pass away until you do. And then they feel kind of sad, but then they get some little money because they secretly had insurance on you. And now, you know, they got some money and it ain't so bad. Right. We came into some cash. I don't know, but I just know that when you don't celebrate the people you love, they could pass away. And I remember there was like some little Spanish movie that was similar to something like that. I can't remember what it was called, <laughs> but I think it was something like if you're not celebrating something odd and similar. But nonetheless, you know, because here's, here's where I'm at. If I pray for something for you, if I pray, um, you know, it's according to God's will. You know, and so if maybe if you're deserving, not deserve, I don't know. But I just know that if I can't bind up people and turn their heart to fit man's purpose through God's will, then they don't belong to him. And it would be awfully sad. You know, like a lot of black people don't realize that it's pretty terrible that, you know, people often are supposed to be church people. You know, they're supposed to be, um, you know, older siblings. They're supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to be. But instead they're just hurting you people. They're just, they're not caring. And, you know, I've often said that we have to try to just be better. And as we get older, you know, we should just be better, but you know, sad. And I just know that family can be very traumatic. So how do we stop family from being traumatic? Like what can we do to prevent family from being traumatic? And for me, it's like, you know, you have to call people on their bullshit. Like, that's the biggest thing for me is calling people on their bullshit. And so, you know, if you don't, if you just let it go, you know, like mothers and fathers, just when you don't raise your kids right, when you don't do your part right, you often will find yourself putting yourself, your children in a position to, you know, 
to be impacted. So instead, you know, like where it's really weird to me, you know, to have a big family that are your siblings. It's not even like I have a big family. I have a lot of cousins and stuff, but it's like a big family of, you know, your relatives. And in, in that you think it's okay to be hurtful to your relatives. Like, are you serious? Like, I'm gonna just stay here. You know, I'm like, are you serious? You want to be hurtful? Like, that's what you want to do. But here's the thing. We are living in perilous times. Why do you want to be on the ungodly side? Is that the side where the money is? Like where you can look like you got an illusion of money when you're being absolutely ungodly? Because there is, there is a situation where you get a chance to see the difference. And, and it's just, oh, oh, mama, and going around each other all the time. And, you know, I mean, no, my kids, unfortunately, to some, don't know their uncles. They know of their aunts, they know of them, but they don't know them. And maybe deep down somewhere, they would like to, but not from what I've seen. <laughs> and it's because they're unhealthy. You know, they're unhealthy. You know, they, people want to have an illusion of how they are now, like have an illusion of, oh, we play golf. We do this. We do that. <laughs> when they're just toxic humans, been toxic the whole time and think it's funny until they have to be around people who are not like that and their families are thriving. And then they want to go and put some clean clothes on and pretend they're okay. And they're just not. And I just don't have time for that you know, and that is all. And I'm grateful that I didn't allow my kids to be around color struck people. I didn't allow my kids to be around people who wanted to make them feel like they were less um, because they weren't mixed. <laughs> and so I wasn't going to let that happen. Never. And, and I don't feel bad about it at all. One bit period. So, you know, for me, it's just a whole joke. You know, the whole thing. But it's not a joke for children who have to grow up in the environment with people who are behaving toxic towards each other because what are you teaching them? And you know what's going to happen? They're not going to be able to interact with normal people. They're going to always have to resort back to their family because ain't nobody else going to have time for that bullshit. You're going to get your ass beat. You're going to get knocked up. You're going to get knocked out. <laughs> Something going to happen or you're just going to be lonely making excuses as to why you don't have any friends, really. And it's because you're toxic, too. Your behavior, your loving capacity, or the manner in which you think you are being kind and loving is toxic. So we're talking about family trauma today. And, you know, being that I'm driving in the car, you know, sometimes it gets a little crazy. And so, you know... It, it could end up like today. This is the first time I've had to like do it in parts, but I just think it's super important that people understand how serious this is and how serious it is to, you know, think it's okay to be mean to people. Like I honestly feel grateful that God kept us from going because she didn't send us the address and she felt we had it, but I'm not going to make an, ex I'm not going to drive um, four miles, I mean, four hours in an assumption, you know, 
it just doesn't make sense. And I was going to be tired. So, you know, we didn't get, she didn't get back to us and we didn't go. And that is all. And I don't feel bad. I feel saddened that we didn't get to bring the balloons and the wine and celebrate her in the manner that she deserves to be celebrated. But, you know, communicate better, right? So one of the biggest things, I apologize, that's pretty gross. <laughs> I was going to choke and I didn't want to. <laughs> hey, welcome to the realist uh, podcast on the planet. I ain't hiding shit from you. I don't have to. So with this all being said in regards to family trauma, I really want you to take a look at your family. Start within your home and how you interact and people are interacting with you and, you know, the people you supposedly love. And ask yourself, is this going to build them? Is this going to bless them? Is this going to enhance them? Educate them. You know, if it's not going to do anything positive, then don't damn do it. Stop the shenanigans and act like you got some goddamn sense. Stop treating your relatives the way the massa treated you. Stop that slave ass shit. You understand? Stupid. And so... When we often find ourselves secretly plotting to be hurtful to somebody that we're supposed to love. And the part for me is, you know, when we talk about the last days, we talk about the people who pretend to belong to God, um, false prophets. I'm just going to be the realest motherfucker ever. If you call yourself a pastor... If you call yourself a spiritual leader of Christ God Almighty, and you're plotting on how to be hurtful to your sibling who babysat and fed your kids, who made your kids know that they were loved when you were running the fuck around and slacking in your duties, on their only day that they could ever say, I was born on this day. If you're doing that, you're not of God, and I don't care what you say. I don't care who you rep. You're not. Because God doesn't act like that. And even if she did something, you go celebrate your people that you supposedly love. And then you let them know after everything's said and done and you have blessed them and they feel good. You do like my cousin Donna would do and you have breakfast the next day with them. And you let them know how they behaved. But instead... These motherfuckers want to be so terrible to their own siblings. That's why I couldn't even bear these people. And I love them. But I couldn't put my kids through that bullshit no more. I was going to, you ain't going to pour into my cup some poison. Okay? When I'm pouring love and healing and understanding into yours. Okay? That's not happening. So I don't feel bad. And I feel grateful looking at the offspring that we've turned out. That we protected them from all these shenanigans. We let them deal with just enough to know you don't want these type of people in your life. You don't want to have people who say they love you act like this. This isn't love. And I was able to show them that and walk away because I didn't have a mama connected to them. And you know, it's funny because when we walked away, everybody turned on us. But I'm not into toxic family. I'm not into toxic family. Not my toxic family and not anybody else's toxic family. So if you're going to be toxic, you ain't going to be a part of my family. You're not going to be a part of my daily life. So 
so why don't you work on that if you have any of these things that i'm talking about if it resonates with you because you're doing it or you're seeing it or you're experiencing and feeling it then recognize that that is family trauma and go deeper into what it was like when you were a kid if you have children don't slap on them and hit on them and do that devious shit don't be a person who manipulates and pretends to be for your kids and they're not don't be a person who would allow your wife to starve your kids and eat burgers in front of them while they're starving to death because you're getting ready to go to the grocery store and you don't want to be hungry at the grocery store but your kids can be hungry at the grocery store that's sick so you know don't be a person who marries a woman because she's pretty but she's not a woman of god and the way you know because people can talk to talk all day long but if they're not a woman of god they're not period and you'll know the difference and so with that said it's important to me you know that we um treat each other in such a manner that we you know are loving we're loving we're not hating and 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 the biggest thing is that we let people know we love them i look at people and i see this new generation of children coming into that mean family that i know of because that's mean you guys are mean that's it there's no if ands or buts about it y'all can be fun and all the fun things and all that but at the end of the day if there's a cruel mean spiritedness that comes and it's very sad because you could be great you can have everything you ever wanted unified as a family but because you're looking for people to hurt all the time looking for people to be just cruel to you're not going to make it you already had everything and then you lose it when we act a certain way we bring destruction upon our lives and when you marry you know it's called unevenly yoked when you're unevenly yoked, you end up, you know, taking things and doing things that open you up to the tool for the devil. And now that spouse that you married, that's broken and demonic, who does not have the relationship with God that you have, is now watching you ruin your whole family, doing things you would never normally do, acting in ways you would normally, normally never act in. But now you're doing it, and it's going to bring destruction upon your life. And y'all just going to hold each other. want to say that it's a lot and if we're gonna just be you know the reason why there's so much drama and people are so mean to each other and kids are so terrible is because the leadership in their household is leading them wrong or not leading them at all they're two teenage minds that immature to be able to behave properly and now their kids are watching and they're disgusting and unfortunately if you have a wicked person running your family now they can make it to where the family's so jacked up that they need you, you know so listen if you're doing things that are jacked up we're in the last days for real and you might not want to accept it but we are so you might want to come correct get it together and work on your family trauma all right peace